You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Guys, real quick, before we get started, let's look at our sponsors. First of all, Outlaw Race Series. Check it out, outlaw100.com. The Outlaw Race Series is awesome. Um, Man, uh, it's home of Flat Rock Triple Crown, Lake McMurtry Run, uh, Flower Moon, Dark and Dirty, and uh, Thunderbird. That's coming up in November. Um, You need to check that out. We're going to be there um, hanging out. I'll probably, I think I'm running the 50K. Uh, Don't know if I'll be running it hard, racing it, or just having a good time, but we'll be out there. So come hang out. It's going to be good. Um, also, we're brought to you by T8.run, the letter T, the number 8.run, gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. Um, man, the commando shorts, uh, my Moab 240 that you hear me talking about, I wore those commando shorts with no kind of lube stuff or anything, man, and I didn't have any chafing. They're guaranteed to keep you chafe free. Dude, you need these things. They're awesome. So check out T8.run and the commando shorts. Um, for a discount, you go to, you put in 50, the number 50 dash run the riot. And, uh, yeah, you get a discount. So, um, we're also brought to you by Pandemic Follies. Uh, it's a really cool virtual type race. I know races are starting up, but this would be a really cool team building uh, thing to do with a group of friends. There are three different distances, the the short, the long, and the ultra. And But it's not only running. It's like you know, kayaking and, 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 uh, doing burpees. And they they have all these challenges that you've got to do 25 challenges that you've got to do, man. It looks like a blast. So go to www.modestgains.net and click on pandemic follies and check that out. Now, lastly, um, you know, thank you guys for supporting the podcast for all you Patreon supporters, man. I really appreciate you guys. It warms my heart to know, uh, that you're partnering with the podcast and if anybody would like to, to join with the other Patreon supporters, uh, you can go to the, the, the website, www.runtheriot.run, and uh, click on the Patreon link there. And uh, man, please um, like the the podcast. Um, please rate it if you can. You know, go to iTunes, put a little rating, put a little a little blurb there on it on, on what you enjoy about the podcast. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe from uh, wherever you listen. And uh, man, I just appreciate it. Hope you guys are doing well. And here we go with the show. Guys, as a lot of you know, I ran the Moab 240 uh, last weekend. I say ran it. I ran a portion of it. <laughs> so uh, I figure out, I like to give race reports. Um, used to type them out and uh, I may still type something out for this one. But uh, with the podcast, it makes it a lot easier just to talk through kind of everything that happened Um and um, if this can help someone else in their future race, and I might listen to it again before next year, so I know what not to do. <laughs> so anyway, look, going into this race, uh, I was go- I was going to be doing a triple crown, but because of COVID, like so many things, uh, the first couple races were canceled. And uh, but I felt pretty confident because other races had been going on. Uh, uh, you know, um, in, in certain areas, I thought for sure that, um, uh, that I'd be able to do the Moab. Um, Utah was having other races and I was like, man, I, th- I think that one will hold. So I tried to, I hung on to that one. I could have deferred it, but, but I decided to, to keep it. I figured I'd be able to do it. So, um, never been to Utah, um, uh, definitely never been to Moab. And so, um, you know, I kind of like doing those things, you know, uh, never been to the Grand Canyon. So I went there and I ran it, never been to Tahoe. I went there, I ran it. So, uh, it's just one of those, those things that kind of adds to the adventure. I, I did my homework. I was, a, I was concerned about the cold at night, everything I'd seen in videos. I think West Plate has a pretty good video about his experience doing the Moab 240 on YouTube. Uh, you know, he was, he said, I'm so cold. I've never been so cold in my life. And I've, I've seen that repeatedly. And so I was a little bit concerned about the cold and making sure that I had, uh, cold weather gear. So, you know, I kind of, I, I, I did that. I prepped for that. 
Um, I found out beforehand uh, that the race would be sponsored by Silver Star um, Nutrition. That would be the electrolyte uh, calorie mix that they would have at the aid stations. Um, when I did Tahoe, it was Tailwind, and that was pretty convenient because I, at the time I was using Tailwind uh, ever since Tahoe, though I can't do tailwind anymore so i figured i would try this stuff out they had a discount code for us as racers so i ordered some uh i was able to get a couple of my long runs in using it and um had a little funky aftertaste um but uh but it seemed to work you know i I didn't have any any issues on those runs with it and um yeah so i uh, here's a, a little uh, a precursor to what you're going to hear. I should have tested it more. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I met the guys uh, uh, from, from Silver Star. They're were, they were great. And I definitely uh, appreciate them sponsoring the race and all, um, you know. But just like anything, um, we find out uh, that not all um, electrolytes uh, are for us. We all have different systems, different stomachs, and we all handle things a little bit differently. And it's up to us to, to test it and uh, to figure those things out. So anyway, uh, we prepped to go, uh, man, I packed up the, the t- truck, uh, had all my, uh, my gear. I had decided I was not going to use drop bags. I was going to have Jennifer meet me at specific aid stations, the way things were laid out, um, it just what Jen could meet me. It wasn't going to be beneficial for me to have drop bags and Jen crewing me. And, uh, so some of the concerns, other concerns going in besides the coal were, uh, there are large sections, uh, between where you can have, uh, aid where you, between where you can have uh, a crew. And so, uh, I knew I was going to see Jen at about mile 17, uh, right before mile 18, and then I wouldn't see her again until mile 72. Uh, so that was pretty far. And there, between those sections, there are no drop bags. So that's that's a long time. That is that is a huge section, uh, 54 miles, where I wouldn't get to see my crew or have a drop bag or anything. And then um, there are some other crude sections. There's another section uh, I was going to see her. I was planning to see her at 72, and then I would see her again not until 121.6. Now, uh, a couple of those other places, aid, aid was allowed, uh, but they were really gnarly to get to and, and all that. So I figured I would just um, I would just, just do it again, you know, just be a long time again before I saw her so those were those are kind of my concerns going in and um so but you know it's what we signed up for uh also with 200s there are long sections between aid stations um pretty long sections there are some some uh you know, and those things can bite you. And I think a lot of people had some issues, not just me, with uh, some of the distances between some of the aid stations and the heat. Um, so let's get into a little bit. Uh, so we, we drove up Wednesday. It was about a 15-hour drive. Uh, the drive went well. Jen and I took turns driving. She thinks she ended up driving a little bit more. Uh, I rested a little bit. And we rented a cabin. We had one of their little cabins at the RV park, uh, Moab RV park, where the start finish was. So it was really convenient. Now, uh, the, the cabin, it was kind of funny. It's It was like a, a queen bed and then uh, a bunk bed. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> there was a little, there was a heater in there, uh, like a space heater. Um, and there was an air conditioned unit. But that was about it. There was lights and some plugs to charge stuff and that, that that was it you know nothing uh we had to walk to to use the restroom and then there were showers and um and they, the park kept everything clean and, and neat and also it was it was it was it was good it was good it just it was just a cabin though it was just a place with a roof and electricity and and a few things so uh having never been to to utah and to moab you know i when we drove that drove up there uh I just, it was amazing seeing all the mesas and the, the cliffs and the red rock. And, it, you know, it was new to me. And uh, so it was really cool to see a new area, a new section of the country I had never been to before. And so uh, Jen and I, we, we came in on a, one of the scenic byways and um, just, just took it in. It was beautiful along the Colorado River. And it's uh, it was so green. The, the water was so green looking. And um it, it was it was great. It was great to see God's creation out there. Um, 
Candace had warned that in Moab there was like major construction going on. So like the main roads going through Moab were, I was, there was major construction. There was always, it seemed like always cars uh, just being backed up. Um, And it was random times during the day when it was really backed up. Uh, so you just you just didn't know, uh, we, but we you know we got there uh, late Wednesday and we had Thursday to get our lay of the land and figure things out. Um, Thursday I, we had staggered check ins. Everybody had their own check in time, uh, not their own but their own group. Uh, and so uh, I checked in at eleven. Yeah, got my my last minute info, did the medical check, all that stuff, and just trying to lay low on Thursday, trying to take it easy, uh, not do anything crazy, rest a little bit, take a nap, and uh, because the next morning, Friday morning at seven o'clock is go time, so um, yeah, so we just kind of hung out, found a couple places to eat, nothing crazy to eat, um, and so we. Uh, um, there were going to be a staggered start even on Saturday morning, which is unusual. Normally everybody starts at the same time, but because of COVID, you know, got to make, got to make, I don't know, concessions for it. And, uh, it, that, that did change a little bit. Some of the dynamics of the race, because some started at, there was a six, six, six fifteen, six thirty, six forty five, uh, and then at seven and at seven, you know, some of the, it was some of the faster runners, that's where, uh, the winner and, uh, David Goggins started. And so I got to be included with, with those guys and, you know, I was ready to run. I was ready to race, ready to do it, man. I'm feeling good. I was excited. Uh, there was a, a sense of excitement and seriousness in the air. Uh, kind of a cool thing, um, where our cabin was and the route that the, the race took, there's a, a paved path, that was, I, I could hear the six o'clock runners when they took off and they ran right, you know, uh, 20 yards from, from our, our cabin, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I was getting excited watching them and they were going by and, you know, some hooping and hollering and, uh, that was really cool. That kind of got my blood pumping. Um, so we get to the check-in and get our spot tracker, uh, at the start finish. Uh, once I, you know, I was up super early, got, double checking my stuff, getting all my junk together and, you know, lubing up and checking my feet and, uh, just, just going through my pre-race rituals and man, my, my pack because of the the necessary gear we had to carry, my pack was packed. (laughs) You know, we had to carry wind pants. We had to carry a hooded top, a insulated layer, a long sleeve insulated layer. We had to carry, uh, you know, uh, I had two liters of, of a two liter bladder of, of, uh, electrolyte mix plus another, um, soft flask in the front, um, had to carry emergency calories, a whistle, uh, man, just all kind of stuff. And it all, uh, we had to always have our, our light with batteries on us. Um, so my pack was packed. Uh, on top of that, I had, uh, trekking poles. Uh, I like to use trekking poles for some of these. I, for Tahoe, I had my trekking poles in my hands the whole time. So that was my plan for this one. So I carried them in my hands. Um, and so, uh, I did that and then finally woke Jen up and, you know, she, she actually came out in her, she was wearing her robe <laughs> out to the start finish. And, uh, she's crazy. David Goggins was checking in right next to us and, uh, she, she asked him for a, a selfie. So only Jen, she got a, a selfie with, with David Goggins. Um, so anyway, we were all there ready to go. And, um, Candace goes through her, her spiel, you know, uh, if, you know, if I, if I, I don't know, if I get hurt, if I get lost, uh, hurt or die, it's my own fault, uh, with a little added color to it. But she, she did that. And, uh, we, uh, seven o'clock we took off and it was pretty exciting to be able to get out there and, and start racing. Um, we, we had to run through Moab, um, probably had about, I don't know, three and a half, four paved miles before we got to actual trail and uh so we're kind of going down the the, there's a a bike path on the side of the road and we're all just running down there and i look to the right and just david goggins running with me you know nobody's saying a whole lot though we're all just kind of excited to be out there doing our thing probably going out way too fast uh but i figured it's okay i needed to you know i i don't mind going out a little too fast as long as i know i need to settle down it's kind of to get the get those those nerves out and everything 
And so while we were on the pavement, I didn't mind running. I, I was comfortable. I was breathing through my nose. Uh, it was definitely not sustainable for 240 miles, but it was a, uh, it was a good, comfortable pace. And um, so once we got through town, we went through some neighborhoods, and then we hit the trails. And that's when things got fun. So... Man, we ran through, it was it was dirt and rocks and switchbacks. And I tell you what, I have to say Turkey Mountain in Tulsa, Oklahoma is a good preparation for some of these trails because of all the rocks and stuff. And if you've been to Turkey Mountain, if you've run it, um, there are a lot of rocks and stuff, man. It's some technical, there's some technical sections of trail. And so um, it definitely prepared me for that for that kind of environment. Now it was a little more up and down, you know, a little more elevation than at Turkey, but, but you could still simulate it. So it was good. I was running, I was having fun. The weather was cool. It was, it was just, just, it was nice. So one of the benefits of starting at seven, the previous, uh, waves, they still had to use their, they had to use their headlamps to start. But by the time we started at seven, um, we didn't need them. It was, we could see just fine. And so that was really nice. That was cool. And then by the time we hit the trails, um, you know, we really didn't, didn't need headlamps or anything like that. So, um, so when we hit the trails, um, you know, uh, Goggins and some of them took oh another another little thing while we're running down the roads they had people pulling up on the side of Goggins and saying hey Goggins hey man I respect you and <laughs> just different stuff like that so it was kind of funny um, you know getting to witness some of that and people recognizing who he was and taking pictures of him while we're running by um, but anyway so uh, we got to the trail portion and and Goggins and a group of guys kind of kind of, you know, took off a little bit ahead and, you know, I'd already decided I'm, I'm going to run my race. I'm going to do my thing. And so I backed off when we hit the trails. Um, and, uh, you know, I used my trekking poles when I needed them, you know, and then when I didn't, I didn't, you know, so it was, it was good. I was comfortable. I was having a good time. I was visiting with some other runners. Uh, some runners would, uh, would come up behind me. I'd let them go past. And then there was some other runners, you know, that I'd come up on, I'd pass them. And so it was just an ebb and flow of the race. Everybody was happy to be out there having a good time. And, and so one of the interesting thing was though, with the waved starts, it was, it was hard to figure out where you were because we were always, you know, you, we were passing people and I was picking a lot of people off from the previous waves, you know, as we were going. And so you, I, it was hard to tell unless you were the guy who, who won it, who passed everybody up. Um, it's just hard to tell where you were. Uh, so it was interesting. And I, and I think, um, you know, eight stations were already just weird with COVID. You know, we had to pull our buffs up over our, our mouths you know, to make a mask when we went through aid stations. And, um, but because of the way the waves, there were still a lot of bunching up at the aid stations. You know, I'm used to, when we take off, there's, there's a natural separation. And, you know, by the time you're miles in, um, you know, there's some gappage there. There's not a whole, you know, there still might be some clumps of people, but man, there was still like some, um, a lot of people that ended up at an aid station, you know, when you're trying to get your stuff and then you, and you know, I understand, you know, we had to do what we had to do with COVID, but you know, you couldn't grab certain things. You had to ask them to hand it to you. And it was just different. And, um, so it was a different dynamic. It was kind of weird. Um, so we got to the, the hidden Valley, uh, aid station that was about nine, uh, 9.3 miles in. And, uh, so that was a kind of a quick aid station. They didn't have a whole lot there, which I mean, it's nine miles in. It's, it, you know, nobody really needed a whole lot of anything. And then we, man, we went up a steep, steep incline, like just straight up, a, not straight up. It, there were, there were switchbacks or whatever, but they were steep to just go right up this, this cliff, you know? And, uh, so here's Flatlander boy, you know, just kind of trudging up there. I was using my trekking poles, just just power hiking it and you could look up and see other people who were up there. And I was like, man, that's pretty far. Um, I, I don't, I, I probably should, uh, uh, look in the manual, but it, it was a, at the climb. It was a quick climb. In fact, I have the manual right here. Look, I'm just going to bust it out. It's probably not the most uh, professional thing to do while I'm doing a podcast, but I'm going to flip through and look at it. Cause I'm curious to see what that climb was. I'm not, I, I do analyze a, a race course and I, I look at it. Um, and I look at the overall gain for certain sections, but I, I don't I don't stress over it a whole lot. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to, to to think about it a lot more. Maybe I need to consider it a lot more. But I don't 
I just, I just kind of, I don't worry about it a whole lot. And, um, maybe, maybe it would help me a little bit to kind of do, do a little more homework on that and, and think about what's next. So yeah, after, um, after Hidden Valley, um, there's a, there's a, an immediate, uh, incline of about, let's see, 4,600 feet. 50, yeah. We go about, I don't know, about 600 feet, like boom up <laughs> and then and then we you know kind of run run across and then we go a whole th- a lot of uh, a lot of elevation descent pretty steeply after that um so um anyway after that aid station after the the uh hidden valley aid station the next aid station was going to be at mile 17.8 is the amasa back aid station and that's where i was going to see jen so I was excited to get there. Things were starting to warm up a little bit. I needed to get my desert hat with my, my call it my flappy hat uh, with the, you know, little desert flaps on the back to cover my neck and to give me a little bit of shade because everything's exposed out there. And so I get there and, and I get into the aid station and I'm like, where's Jen? I'm looking and, and where we came, we had a section of it that went along the road. And so I'm looking, I see all the cars parked and I was like, I don't see my truck. And uh, I'm looking, I know I'm ahead of time, probably about an hour and a half to two hours ahead of time. I guess about an hour and a half, uh, a little more than that. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm way ahead. And I had told I told Jen, I was like, look, I, I, I made my spreadsheet. Yeah, I got a spreadsheet. I made it with average times. Now, in the beginning, it's going to be a little quicker. So you're going to have to watch the dot and try to figure out when to leave and see how far ahead I am. Well, um, you know, it's hard to know. She didn't know the distance to the aid stations, how long it was going to take, how slow she was. And and so I got there and, and she wasn't there yet. She told me not to tell, but she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. So she <laughs> she might not hear this. Um so I, 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 I kind of went to the aid. I started refilling what I needed to refill. I grabbed, they had Rice Krispie treats, man. And I, I, I discovered this, I guess, um, this year. I like Rice Krispie treats during a race. Uh, it's about 100 calories per. And uh, it's just good. I don't know. It's easy to eat. And so I ate a Rice Krispie treat. And uh, so I was trying to figure out what to do. Um, and I needed sunscreen. And then... Um, one guy was next to me and he took off and ran and ran off and uh i didn't even know who he was i didn't notice and i looked down and somebody somebody said hey you dropped your sunscreen to me and i was like it's not mine i was like ah man he dropped his sunscreen well i'm gonna use it so i started you know putting some sunscreen on and just when i was about to just go ahead and go and you know i was gonna miss her she she came up she's like oh my gosh i'm so sorry you know and and so it was good I, i got to go to the truck real quick and uh sunscreen up really good because there wasn't a whole lot left in that that bottle the guy left anyway and um, grab a few things get my floppy hat and uh, I took a few goofy pictures I was in good spirits I was happy you know it was I was having fun you know it was just good to be out in a new place racing experiencing God's creation I was taking pictures along the way and so it was good. It was good. So I think I left the aid station um, around, I don't know, 11 or something like that. Um, and I, uh, you know, I had planned to spend about 25 minutes at that particular aid station, um, you know, and I probably spent maybe a little less than that by the time Jen got there and, you know, the whole whole time. So I was good. I was way ahead of schedule. Uh, left there maybe a little before 11 o'clock. I used the restroom, kissed Jen by and said, I'll see you at, you know, <laughs> see you at mile 72 point something. And so from her perspective, man, I was looking good, having a good time. And I was, you know, real good. And so from there, uh, we had to get to what's called a base camp. And, um, things started to get hot <laughs> and we all started to, 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 suffer a little bit. And so we had to go, um, yeah, then we were going to, we we're at mile 17.8 and the next aid station was going to be about 15 miles away. And so, uh, we started, uh, you know, started cruising, um, you know, more interesting terrain, taking it all in. I ended up running a little bit with, uh, with Sean Nakamura, uh, who many of you know, he's done a lot of two hundreds and he's, um, you know, he's, I, I first met him in person when I did Tahoe in 2018. Uh, before that I had reached out to him just asking him for advice and all that. He's a good guy. And him and I have kind of crossed paths at different races. We both ran Western States the same year. And uh, he also uh, is on the outro red team. So good guy. So we, we ran a little bit together. We were both suffering. Um, and when we got to base camp, 
uh, there was a lot of suffering. There was a lot of guys just, it was hot. Uh, I believe I heard it was um, uh, 12 to 15 degrees hotter than normal um, for that time of year for this race. So it was the hottest temperatures for the race. And uh, so, so there's a lot of suffering. The aid station was uh, the people were there were working hard to to help out. Uh, it once again, it was just kind of weird because of, because of COVID. You know, we couldn't do everything ourselves, and uh, we had to ask. And and so uh, I was trying to get some food, and but there was a lot of people at that aid station at the particular time, and they were having hot dogs. But I was having to wait, and so I grabbed some pretzels. My stomach was a little funky, but I was eating some pretzels and um, tried to drink some, you know, some some water. Uh, try to get as much water as I could in me, and then and then refill my bottles. Um, and then so that, cause the next section we were going to, it was going to be 24 and a half miles before we got to another aid station. Uh, so four and a half miles at four and a half miles, we would have a water stop, just water only, nobody there unmanned, just a bunch of bottles of water to refill our stuff. And then after that, we were going to have 20 miles to get to the breaking bad aid station. So, okay. So try to make sure and gather myself. Uh, my, my plan was I had that little handheld with water. I had the silver star nutrition electrolyte mix in my, my two liter bladder. I was going to drink all the water that I could from that handheld for that four and a half miles. I was going to empty it and I was going to refill it at the water only station. And then, and then, you know, trek on out for that, that beastly 20 miles. So good plan, you know, trying to eat a little bit, munch on some things along the way I, I was probably already pretty calorie deprived because of the heat it's hard to eat you got to force things down um so suffer for about four and a half miles it was getting hot uh still hot and then um i had i drank everything in my my little water bottle my flat my soft flask and then i refilled it at the water station and i drank some more i refilled it again i drank some more and then i refilled it and i was like all right it's time to go and there were a group of us kind of hanging around that thing and some of us sat down for a minute just to who just to you know kind of rest for a second because there was it's just it was hot it was everything's exposed like i said and so uh i left there and here's where things really um uh, you know, where we make decisions and, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, we, uh, looking back, I, I see what I should have done, but anyway, I, I got about a mile away from that water station and I grabbed my, um, the hose for my bladder with the silver star electrolyte mix and took a big old swig of it, you know, needed to get that in me. And almost immediately, uh, I just, projectile projectile vomited everything that was in my stomach all the water i had just drank uh, at that water stop and it it just came up and i was like wow that's it's not good it's not good at all um so uh i i, I wasn't sure you know maybe it's the electrolyte mix so I, I sipped on the electrolyte mix a little more i'm still kind of moving forward and I took a little small sip. I was like, all right, I'm okay. I took another small sip. And immediately again, I just threw up more. And so um, hindsight 2020, I should have turned around and ran back to that water station, emptied the electrolyte mix out of my bladder pack and filled it with water. That's what I should have done. Um, but me being a little over a mile away from it, that would mean an additional two miles when I still had a lot of miles to go. Um, but you know, that, that's what I should have done. But I said, you know what? I think I can make this work. I can just take small sips and let my body, um, you know, just absorb it and take it in. I'll just take small sips of the electrolyte mix because that little soft flask that I had, there was not nearly enough to last me for 20 miles or 19, just under 19 miles, whatever I had left. So I'm cruising along, I'm taking small sips, taking small sips, I would get a little bit of the water out of the other bottle, and here comes the vomiting again. Uh, man, it was bad. I, I could not keep that electrolyte mix down. And so, I'm pretty, getting kind of distance-wise in, it's hot, and I am realizing I'm in trouble. Because one little soft flask of water to go 20 miles is not gonna cut it so i started rationing 
my water. I would every time a mile would tick off, I would just take a, just enough of a sip to wet my mouth and my tongue. My mouth was getting dry. Um, I, I, I'll tell you, I was in a bad spot. It was not good. It was dangerous. Um, you know, in my own doing, I'm not blaming you know, the, the race or anything. There were a lot of people after the race said a lot of people ran out of water during that section when they had their, their, their hydration bladders full. Um, but I, I was in a bad spot and it, uh, sun started going down and I was, I got to where I was kind of, kind of a little incoherent, just trying to, I was kind of stumbling over some sections. Luckily, most of it was pretty flat. Wasn't a whole lot of technical. It was, it was some Jeep roads and stuff. And so, um, I, I sat down at one point and I wish I knew the guy's number, the guy's name and got, dude, if you hear, uh, this podcast, or if you, uh, come up on me on social media, I would love to, um, to recognize you. This guy came up on me and asked me if I needed any help. And I said, I, I said, look, please let them know at the next aid station. I think we had about eight miles to go at that point. I said, please let them know if number 38 stops moving. I need somebody to come get me. My, I was I was dry. I had maybe a couple sips of water left. And uh, he said, can I do anything? I was like, no, dude, you still got to get your race done. I mean, and, you know, he had he had to race and he had. And so he started to walk away. And, and, and you know, I had explained to him what happened to me. And he started to walk away and, and you know, he kind of went off into the darkness. And then he turned around and came back and he said, hey, you still have the Silver Star stuff? Because it, were, it was fine for him. It wasn't messing with his stomach. I said, yeah, I got a full bladder of it. I uh, hardly drank any of it. And so he had one of the little handhelds, a soft flask full of water. He said, I can give you this water if you can give me some of your mix. And so we did that. He poured, uh, I guess, not quite full uh, of my, my soft uh, flask, but maybe maybe half to three-fourths. And, and then I was able to squirt from my bladder pack from my hose and f- and, and fill up, fill it up so that he could have the electrolyte mix. And I want to tell you that probably saved me from having to get rescued out there. Um, like seriously, because I don't know if I would have made it to that next aid station without somebody coming to get me, uh, without that little bit of extra, uh, water. And so, uh, man, it kind of breathed a little life into me. I was still sipping and, uh, not moving fast, power hiking, uh, maybe not so much power, a little delirious, but getting some water in me. I couldn't eat because I didn't have fluids in me. My mouth was dry, so I'm calorie deficient. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm dehydrated. Uh, I, I, when I saw Jen, I guess it was a little before 11 o'clock, I, I, I used the bathroom at that aid station. I peed, and I still hadn't used the bathroom again, and it's nighttime. So it has gone all afternoon and um long story short i wouldn't pee again until like i don't know like five o'clock saturday morning or something it it was it was pretty crazy um finally i made it to the breaking bad aid station uh that was mile 57.3 tell you what man things things had gone downhill so fast i got to that aid station I, I walked up and they said, what can I get for you? I said, I need water. And the guy that helped me was evidently, he was one of the runners sitting out there and he said, help number 38. He's been without water for a long time. And I was like, thank you. And, and so, man, I just started chugging water, cups of water and getting water in me. I sat down, asked what I needed. And, and so they brought me a, a quesadilla and some other stuff. And I was just in some broth. I drank a cup, a few cups of broth and I just sat there for probably about an hour and 10 minutes, um, just collect. And then people would come in and leave while I was there. Um, eventually I got up, dumped my water bladder out, dumped that bladder full of the silver star and filled it up with water. I rinsed it a little bit, but it still had that flavor in there. So anyway, um, and, and I guess I could have dropped right there, but I was like, you know, I could get to the next aid station. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, I've been telling people that the, the next aid station was 14 miles away, but it was actually, uh, there was eight miles to the next water stop. And then it was, it was a good bit after that. It was like 14 miles after that. I don't know on here is that. Yeah. It was like at mile 65 was the water stop. And then 72 or 71 was the, the, the next aid station where I would see Jen. And so, um, so I, I left the breaking bad aid station. Um, 
because I knew I had to get to, to I had to get to Jen. I had to get to her. Um, and so uh, I was I, I just suffered, man. I was trying to keep keep fluids down and all that. Two miles out of the Breaking Bad aid station, I threw up everything I ate there. Um, so there went my calories. There went my fluids. But uh, I still had my water bladder, so I was able to sip on it. Um, so really, I didn't get any any calories that whole time I got to that water stop I refilled some water um that whole time was just a blur just a blur man I I wish I could remember I remember looking up at the stars and uh, thinking they were beautiful and I wish I wasn't dying underneath, <laughs> underneath them um and so uh I I just just kept going one foot in front of the other one foot and it just seemed like it would take forever and then uh, there was a spot where I I I thought I was going in the right place. I pulled out the the Gaia app to help guide me, and I realized I was in the wrong spot. I was on the I had gone the wrong way. I was on the other side of this I don't know this this gully um, from where I needed to be. So I had to backtrack. I probably you know when you're hurting and suffering, just ready to see my wife, ready to get to the next aid station, and go the wrong way. Um, eventually, I got to Jen at the Indian Creek aid station. Um, and uh, Michael McKnight was the one of the first people I saw there. He's he was the aid station captain taking care of us there, and um, he uh, checked in, and then I went to Jen, and and she saw me, and her face was like, oh my gosh. So normally she's seen me suffer. Um, you know, Western States, I suffered pretty good, but when I get into an aid station and I'm suffering, I'm kind of, I'm like, yeah, this hurts. Um, I'm in a bad spot, but, um, you know, let me, let me try this. Give me this, give me this. This is what I need. And then, you know, I, I was, I was pale. I was severely dehydrated. Um, I was in a, I was in a bad spot. And so she had me sit down. I sat down next to the fire. Um, I was, I, I started shaking. Um, I asked him to bring me some broth. Um, and, and, you know, Mike, Mike McKnight, to his credit, he came sit with me. He brought me a, a, a roasted potato. Like he didn't realize it was me when I checked in, but then he came up, he's like, oh, is that David? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, what's left of him, you know? Um, and, uh, a potato with salt trying to ask me what I need, you know, and, and trying to, trying to help me, you know, I was way up, way up, you know, still way ahead of cutoff, but man, my stomach was so messed up. I was so weak. I was so tired. Um, I couldn't fathom continuing running another 160 something miles. Um, and so, so, to everybody's credit, they, they tried to help me. I, I started eating some of the potato and I was like, all right, if I can keep this down, maybe, maybe there's hope. Uh, Jen went to get me something else. And before I knew it, I was throwing up again. Uh, I was throwing up broth. I just, I just couldn't keep it down. Um, and so at, at, at I was an emotional wreck. Uh, Jen looked at me and she said, you, you, you can't, you can't continue. And, and so all the thoughts, you know, like, man, people were watching me. I, I did so much to get here and put all this work in, you know, and like, I don't get emotional about a whole lot of stuff, but I know there was a tear running down my face and, you know, and Jen's over there like, Oh my gosh, you know, you know, she's, she's struggling seeing me like that. And so, um, so we kind of, we, we kind of dropped, um, and, um, went to the truck and then tried to rest a little while. And, you know, you kept going back and forth and, and Jen had made a friend there who, uh, who said, look, don't, you know, don't. And so at one point she even went back and got my spot tracker because I was trying to rest, trying to keep down. She gave us some liquid IV to try, but man, it, the taste was, ugh, it was making me sick. And so kept trying to rally, tried to sit there, tried different things and tried to rest a little bit, but I just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't come out of it. I couldn't get my stomach better. I had, I was in such a depleted state at that point, um, that I I couldn't go on. And, you know, Jen, you'll, you've probably seen already the picture. If not, look on the page or, or on the post for this on uh, social media. She took a picture of me while I was sitting in the truck with this sleeping bag on me. And I was like, did you just take a picture? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't care, whatever. You know, I was, I was half coherent. But I remember her, I remember seeing the flash. Um, and 
um, you know, we just, we just made a decision to call it. Um, could I have rallied? I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I wasn't keeping anything down. Um, even after we left, I, I didn't eat anything solid. It took us about an hour and a half, I guess, to drive back to the, to the, to the cabin. Um, Jen stopped and picked up some, some Sprite, some crackers. Um, when we got back, I didn't eat anything. I went shower, uh, and it was probably a few hours later before I even tried to drink some Sprite and eat a cracker and, um, didn't eat until much, much later in the day. And I, I didn't feel myself until that evening. So this is from early Saturday morning until the evening. I didn't start feeling like I could keep food down and, um, actually, you know, just, just start really coming out of it. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think I could have rallied. I, I it was just such in a, in a bad spot. So guys, I'm going to break in real quick. I, we weren't able to record at the same time, but here's a little segment, uh, before I close out, uh, to talk with Jen about, uh, her perspective. So here we go. So I've got Jennifer here and, uh, I wanted to, her to share her, um, I don't know, her perspective on it. So, um, I did share with you she got a selfie with Goggins mm-hmm. during the beginning, so wasn't that pretty cool? Yeah, he kept asking me, <laughs> and then finally I was like, okay, but I'm not smiling, and I'm going to look really weird, so... And you both had your masks on. Yeah. He yeah. was smiling really big under the mask. You just couldn't tell. I bet he was. Mm-hmm. I bet he was. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, I shared with everybody about, you know, the start and how the, um, you know, it was kind of, it was exciting to, to, for everybody to be going. We had the wave starts and everything. So you had some time between the start and then when you saw me at the first aid station. So what was your, what was your impression of how I was doing at the, that first aid station at mile 17? Uh, I was pretty pumped because um, I actually almost didn't see you because you came in almost an hour and a half before the time that you estimated because... Um, if you guys don't know, David has a spreadsheet for everything. <laughs> he is actually very, very organized, and I think he had himself coming in at 11.30? 11.47. And I got there at 10.30 thinking I was just going to be hanging out, and he was about to leave. But he looked um, fresh. He was in, smiling and, and, and enjoying it, and um, that's about the last time he smiled from what I hear. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I, like I said, I, I was, I was doing good. Uh, I got my, my, my flappy hat, floppy hat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I was, I was good. And, and then so from there, it kind of, you know, the suffer fest began and, uh, I shared with them a little bit about running with, uh, you know, ran with Sean and, and how we got to base camp and then the long, you know, shared with them all the gory details of the, the puke fest that I had. And so when you, um, so first of all, I was way late getting to the next aid station. Yeah. Um, it was an hour and a half to get to that aid station and I didn't want to drive it at night. So I got there about eight o'clock in the evening. Um, knowing that you weren't supposed to be there, didn't have yourself being there till about three thirty. Um, and you didn't make it at 3.30. And <laughs> what the, the really hard part about it is, is I lost service with my phone about 7.45 because um, um, we were out in the boonies. So it's it's hard because you don't know where they are. And, and in my mind, he fell down and broke his arm. And that, that's what I, I knew he was going to come hobbling in with the broken arm and... You no, know, you go you go through the worst case. You know where is he? There's you know because he's pretty consistent. Um, and even when I saw him struggling at Western States, he was still you know right around the time that he had predicted. So it was kind of scary. Luckily, um, they had a lady there. Um, we found that had a ham radio, and she was able to to tell us where um, he was a couple times. Um, and a couple times he was still in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> that was at Breaking Bad where I spent over an hour trying to gather myself. Yeah, it was it was scary. And then it was scary to see you and um, because you didn't look good. You look bad. Ugly. Yeah. I, didn't, ugly. I, I didn't have a, a, a broken arm, but I no, had a broken but you spirit. Look, you look terrible. <laughs> terrible. And yeah, it was 
I think. I mean, the second I saw you, I knew that that was it because you 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 have just the way you are. You're pretty easy. <laughs> to, to to read in that and you were just you were pale you were i mean you, you were just you look like not handsome well I, I knew it was bad when um when our eyes met and you and i saw the look on your face when you saw the when, when you looked into my eyes and like yeah you yeah so I I was in a bad spot and you know I shared with everybody we tried different things I tried to eat a potato I puked a potato and tried broth and 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 you know a lot of people like Mike McKnight was he was trying to help man he was such a you know he's a he's a good guy good friend and he wants people to succeed and and then other people were trying to help us and and give us things and I just I just couldn't rally I I couldn't I, I I wanted to I think I wanted to <laughs> I don't know you were just you're you were spent. I mean, and there was no, and I know they kept encouraging you, telling you that, you know, don't give up. You got this much time, but you, it was, you were gone um, mentally and, and physically when you got there. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of crazy, though, because a lot of people, there was what, 33% drop rate. Yeah, I hadn't seen the final numbers, but it was the highest drop rate for the race. It was, it was a lot. And for those of you who don't know too much, it's not because these people aren't physically um, fit. Fitness, their fitness levels where they need to be, but there are so many dynamics that go into this. Um, you know, the temperature, the, I mean, it, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and some days it's just not your day. Yeah. And because of the temperatures, there's a lot of people um, falling out. We expected cold. We packed for cold. All your birthday presents were stuff to wear when it was cold. <laughs> yeah. And um, it we, was... We got heat. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part about it is the next day was so nice and it had a cool breeze. And But um, it was... I, I know nobody that trains for these things takes dropping lightly. And it's heartbreaking when you see how much effort and time... Um, people put in to train for these and then they had that happen but it is um, you know some of the bit it happens to everybody no matter how famous you are how good you are it's just that's just sometimes it sucks and but you know I know did you tell them that you were going to quit running Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, told, um, I told her, I said I shared it with Jen. She couldn't believe it. Uh, when I was wandering in the desert, I was like, I'm done. Podcast is over. I'm like, yes. Get my- <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking to put in to watch their faces. And I know he hated to, to do that. Um, but, you know, as crazy as they are, that they still aren't totally off the reservation <laughs> and that's that's what you have pacers for and that's what you have your crew for too because sometimes they don't make the wisest decisions and they come in stumbling into the aid station even when they're doing good not thinking right so um the i think one of the things we decided from this though is david's really big on running by yourself we've never needed a crew per se but i think for um for my sake um um, and my sanity we're gonna probably have some pacers in some of the big races next year when he does the triple crown because just mentally um that's they i mean if nothing else they just keep them in the zone remind them to drink remind them to do this remind them to go um Yeah. So, um, that is a takeaway from this. No, no, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's it, one, yeah, that's one of them for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's heat train, it, even if it's supposed to be six degrees, yeah. <laughs> and and a, a crew is, uh, I mean, a crew is a must, but, but a, a pacer is, and and you have a lot of good friends that have offered to pace you, yeah. but I just said that I wasn't entertaining anybody yeah. and baby. <laughs> It's your fault. It <laughs> I said, I can't be nice to someone for that long. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, you just, you're, you've done this, you know, and yeah. 
normally without a problem. No. But, you know, you 72 miles is nothing to s- sneeze at still. It's funny because I know that you feel like you failed and everybody else that a lot of people dropped at 72. Yeah. And I, I know you all feel like you failed, but it's so amazing for those of us who... Um, I couldn't run that far if someone was chasing me, trying to kill me. Um, it, it's not a failure. It's it's still an amazing feat that that you do. Yeah. It's just not didn't end up the way that you wanted it to. Right. But we live a fire another day. Live a fire. I, I wanted you to make sure you say that. Jen posted that we we live a fire another day. That is Cajun for we live to fight another day. I think some people didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I still admire you. I still am impressed with you. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think you're amazing and you really look bad though. When you <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't my normal healthy self. And, no. and so, and, and, you know, it helps. It was it helped because sometimes we'll run ourselves to where it is pretty dangerous and things got pretty sketchy for me. And, um, you know, I needed, I needed you there, um, to help me make the decision that I don't know I could make myself. And so, um, anyway, you know, we're a team and, 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 uh, I thank you for, you know, coming out there and driving through the boonies and, and, uh, and, you know, taking care of your hubby. I appreciate that. I get the easy part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like the manager. Yeah, you the you the manager. So, yes. well, thank you, honey. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you, and thank you for sharing your uh, portion with everyone else. And um, yeah, so I already shared with them Redemption 2021. Yep. Woo-hoo. We'll be back. It's on. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now back to a few lessons I learned. Um, hindsight, you know, um, number one, I should have tested the electrolyte mix more. And this, look, listen, once again, this is nothing against that electrolyte mix. Uh, it worked for a lot of people. Uh, it didn't work for me in the heat. It worked for me when I tested it, it was in the cool. Uh, but in the heat, did not work for me. So please don't look negatively upon Silver Star or anything like that. Give it a try. Uh, the guys were, were cool. I like the concept of the clean fuel and everything. It just didn't work for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I should have tested it more. I should have um, should have vetted what I was using a lot better. And honestly, I, rookie mistake. I should have known better. Um, the other thing was when, when it, my stomach went south, I should have backtracked and refilled my, my bladder with water. Uh, that would have been a game changer. Um, big time, big time. So anyway, had all these people watching, all these people from our school. Uh, the local news channel had did a post on me on the app. I had people messaging me like, you're famous. Can I have your autograph beforehand? So all that's going through my head. I, I, I'm depressed. You know, I don't like being the, the DNF guy, um, you know, and so I'm just 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 having a pity party, man. It was tough. Um, you know, even after my body was feeling better, I was like, ah, this stinks. You know, this is terrible. Uh, I I hate that I had to drop and, um, you know, um, but you know, I found out that some other very respected runners that I know who've done a lot of two hundreds, um, you know, had to drop too. It just wasn't their day. And so that made it a little easy. I hate that anybody had to drop because I know the sacrifices we make to train and get there. Um, but, uh, it makes it a little easier to swallow to know that, you know, it was the highest drop rate for this race ever. Um, so anyway, um, I, I started coming out of that funk, uh, pity party depression and man, a fire started being lit under me for redemption. Uh, you know, when we make mistakes, uh, this Wednesday, I'll be talking a little bit about, about, you know, when we, when we suffer, or go through struggles. So listen to this week's midweek motivation, cause it's born directly out of this experience. But, um, you know, I had to choose, uh, to, to let myself be defeated or, you know what, to say, God, you know, what's next, what's next, what, what, what can I learn from this and what's next? And so I chose to, to, to learn from this and, you know, Triple Crown got deferred. I mean, listen, when I was in the desert, wandering in the desert, literally wandering in the desert, 
I was ready to give up ultra running. Where my brain was, I was like, I am done. Uh, I'm done. I ain't doing this again. I hope I can get my money back from the from the triple crown for next year. Uh, I guess I'm gonna have to quit my podcast. Look, I'm just I'm just being real with you guys. I was low. I, and I was done with it. You know, I'm done with this crap is, is kind of where I was. And when I shared that with Jen later, when I was coming out, she was like, oh, my goodness, it was bad. I was like, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. Um, and so um, but, you know, when I was back and I started getting my head about me and, and feeling like myself, I was like, wow, I, it, you know, I, I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to come back and I'm going to I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to compete in this race. I'm not just going to finish it. I'm going to come back and I'm going to compete in this race as part of the Triple Crown. And I'm already listen, guys, I am looking forward to redemption next year. Uh, I'm going to do the Triple Crown. Lord willing, hopefully we don't, we're done with COVID and we can do it, but it's going to be the third of the triple crown and it's going to be my redemption. And when I cross that finish line, man, it's going to be so much more sweet, uh, because of what happened this past weekend, what happened this year, uh, with the Moab 240, uh, I will have my redemption. I made some decisions since then. Um, Many of you have heard the podcast with, uh, uh, with my buddy, my good buddy, Cliff Pittman, um, and uh, Cliff Pittman is a is a he's an ultra coach. He coaches people. I think he I mean he does it for marathoners and other people too. But he 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 started coaching people running their uh, running hundred milers and all. And um, I I reached out to him. And this is something uh, those of you who are Christians will know. This is something I felt led of the Lord uh, even before this happened in Moab. Um, but I but I reached out to him even even during this, and I was like, all right we're going to do this. Um, we're going to, uh, I want your eyes on my training. I want you to set this up and, and, uh, man, Cliff is an awesome guy. We've already had some zoom sessions and, and looked at things and began starting to formulate the races and, and everything. And, um, dream team, man, I am so excited. Uh, Hey, if you need a, a ultra running coach, Cliff is a, is a, he's good. And, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, and I'm a coach too. Listen, my wife's like, why do you need a coach? You're coaching other people, you know, your body and all that stuff. I was like, no, you know, we get, we can get so comfortable, uh, in, in, in our own little, I don't know, a little bubble, even of training. Like this is how we're training. This is what I do. And it's, and it's worked for me to an extent. Um, but I'm ready to take some things to the next level for me. And I need somebody else looking at my training to hold me accountable. I'm always uh, pretty disciplined and I'm going to keep the miles and put the miles on. Um, but I want somebody to look at, 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 you know, at my training and what I can do. I'm pretty good at, at helping other people train and meet their goals, but I need somebody looking at mine. Um, so I can just look at what's next and, and, and do it, you know, and, uh, Cliff's, Cliff's, I'm excited because he's a smart guy. He's a sharp guy. And uh, it's going to be a learning experience for both of us. But I'm going to crush that Triple Crown next year. And, then we, well, we've also got some races in between that we're going to crush too. So, uh, anyway, I am I am super excited about that and uh, looking forward to what 2021 has. You know, 2020 has been a beast of a year, man. And um, I am just all that much more excited for 2021. 21. Um, thank you for everyone who followed along, uh, during Moab. Thank you for all the, the encouragements before and the, and even after, you know, when I dropped, um, thank you so much for those that just said, Hey, you know, attaboy way to go after it. And, you know, I, I know this now, you know, I, I, I know this, I still hate, hate that I had to drop, but, but, you know, man, this is a hard sport and, and we're trying some hard stuff and, you know, the reality is even on a, a hundred mile or a 50 mile, there, there may come a day when we have to drop where things don't go our way. But the important thing is, is that we learn from it, grow from it and, and, uh, and don't stay down. Don't stay down. Some of you guys might be out there. Some, some of you guys may have, you know, failed at a DNF at a race or something. I want to encourage you. Don't stay down. It happens. It happens. Even somebody who's 14 uh, I've done 14 uh, races of 100 miles or more including a 200 miler and a 126 miler and 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 I still yeah DNFs happen man DNFs happen and so uh pick yourself up get back to training and uh and get at it and if you need to get some help 
get a coach. I'll be glad to coach you. Cliff will be glad to coach you. And, and man, you know, push yourself, uh, learn from your mistakes and then move forward. And so guys, um, I love being on this journey with everyone. Uh, I try to be as transparent as possible, uh, with my journey as an ultra runner. Uh, sometimes things don't always go our way. And if you can learn from my mistakes, man, I would love that. I would love that. So Man, test your stuff out, man. Test your your electrolytes out. Test your nutrition out. Uh, And even if you got to backtrack a little bit to move forward during a race, yeah, backtrack a little bit so you can move forward during a race so you don't get lost and dehydrated about to die in the desert. So thank you, guys. Love all of you. And uh, yeah, looking forward. Hey, got another uh, for next week. Got a good podcast lined up. Uh, I'm going to be helping out at the Pumpkin Holler 100 when when this uh, uh, podcast comes out. And so uh, uh, one of my good buddies who uh, who have done some things with uh, I won't even tell you who it is, but uh, we'll be we'll be uh, I'll be seeing him at the Pumpkin Holler. And then we've got a time to set up and do an interview. Really looking forward. I think you'll get a lot out of it. He's run across the state. A little hint for some of you. Uh, And he's done some other really cool things. So anyway, take care, guys. Love you all. Bye-bye.